0: What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Obedience Podcast. This is my solo podcast. I am Lisa A. Smith, founder of the Black Health Academy and Professionally Fit, author of The Plant Based Foodie, and creator of the signature plant based course, Farm to Table. I am back with another solo episode here for April 2020, as promised. Got it in, very last day of April, patting myself on the back as we speak. You guys have No idea how slammed I've been. Um, We're in the middle of a pandemic right now, and there have been so many things that have come up from a professional development standpoint, from a personal enhancement and self-development standpoint. In my mind and in my ecosystem, since this pandemic has began, and the topic that I want to talk about today is one that has really stood out about whether or not happiness is a privilege, whether or not fulfillment is a privilege. So, one of the things that I've had the pleasure of doing since this pandemic has started is really read more, even more. So, prior to the pandemic, I was in the middle of reading three different books which I still am. I finished one and swapped that out for another. So I'm always in the middle of reading, you know, multiple books at one time, you know, some are prof- professional development and then some are for business and then some are for personal enhancement. Right. Um, and so I have made an assignment for myself or a goal for myself to read every single day during this stay at home order, because That's I could actually, you know, be able to walk away and say, how did I use the extra time that I got, you know, during the stay at home order, because it's easy to fill my days, right? I'm not sitting around watching, you know, a whole bunch of TV or lounging around or just eating. I'm actually working a lot, but I wanted to actually add something to my, what I call quarantine homework that I can look back on And say, you know, during that stay-at-home order, this is what I did that would have been different than what I would have done had things never changed. And for me, one of those is reading every single day. Well, before, I would read maybe, you know, three or four times a week. Now, it's every single day. And so, in the midst of doing that, one of the books I've started that's been on my to-read list for a long time, which many of you have probably already finished, uh, is Becoming by Michelle Obama. And... In reading this book, which I absolutely love, by the way, and highly recommend if you haven't already. I've had the book, you know, since it came out. However, I'm just now getting around to reading it because I had so many other books in front of it. But if you haven't, make this a absolute to do. You know, Michelle Obama is basically her autobiography, right? She's telling her story about her upbringing, you know, in Chicago, Illinois, as a young child, all the way through to her meeting Barack Obama and her, and their ascension into the White House. And she drops some amazing nuggets throughout this book. I think it's absolutely gold. Okay. So if you haven't already picked this book up, And get after it it's a great book in personal development even though it's an autobiography there are some extreme lessons that she had to learn and some gems that she drops that are quite applicable and I want to read an excerpt out of it today because one of the um, things she mentioned in this book quite casually she didn't dwell on it at all but she mentioned it so casually but for me it really struck a chord. You know, what I find is that if if even if you've already read this book or any other book, right? You can go to a class, take a lecture, listen to an audio, read a book, and depending on where you are in your life at that time, at that point in time, determines what resonates for you, right? In that content. So I could probably read this book again a year from now and we'll get something totally different. You guys know that, right? Like it depends on where your state of mind is, the state of your life, your current situation kind of determines what resonates for you in the world in that moment. So this particular passage resonated for me um, and I thought it was quite relevant to include it and actually do an entire podcast episode on it. So here we are. This is again... Uh, this podcast is obedience. This is another solo episode, which I think counts as my fourth or fifth episode inside of the podcast inside of a podcast. So let's get into it. This episode is again titled "Is Happiness and Fulfillment a Privilege?" And here is the passage from Michelle Obama's book that triggered that thought. It says she's um, in this passage. Michelle Obama is having a conversation with her mother. Okay. Um, and so that's who she's talking to. That's all you really need to know. So she's, this is Michelle Obama talking and she's talking and thinking about her mother. She's talking to her and then she's in the middle of it, having thoughts about what she's saying to her. Okay. So, um, she said, I looked at her in the half light of the freeway. I don't know. I begin. It's just. I told her that I wasn't happy with my job or even with my chosen profession, that I was seriously unhappy. In fact, I told her about my restlessness, how I was desperate to make a major change, but worried about not making enough money if I did. My emotions were raw. I let out another sigh. I'm just not fulfilled, I said. I see now how this must have came across to my mother who was then in the ninth year of a job she'd taken primarily so she could help finance my college education. After years of not having a job so that she'd be free to sew my clothes, cook my meals, and do laundry for my dad, who for the sake of our family spent eight hours a day watching gauges on a boiler at the filtration plant. My mom, who just driven an hour to fetch me from the airport, who was letting me live rent-free in the upstairs of her house and who, and who would have to get herself up at dawn the next morning in order to help my disabled dad get ready for work was hardly ready to indulge my angst about fulfillment. Fulfillment, I'm sure, struck her as a rich person's conceit. I doubt that my parents in their 30 years together had even once discussed it. My mother didn't judge me for being ponderous. She wasn't one to give lectures or draw attention to her own sacrifices. She quietly supported every choice I'd ever made. This time, though, she gave me a wire sideways look, hit her turn signal to get us off the highway and back to our neighborhood and chuckled just a little. If you're asking me, she said, I say make the money first and worry about your happiness later. Okay, so conclude excerpt right uh so that is the excerpt from Michelle Obama's book now I'm going to go back through the points that really jumped out at me and then we'll get into a bit of a discussion about them okay so again you know This only resonates if it resonates, right? But it really, 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 really resonated with me, partly because this podcast is called Obedience. And I talk heavily about being obedient to your calling in life, being obedient to your um your your purpose and understanding the difference between your gifts talents right and your purpose and how all of those things coexist how they all come together to help escort you to the real reason that you are on this planet right um one of the questions I often ask individuals is you know what are you doing how is the world a better place because you're in it Time, that's a question to pose to yourself. Why is the world a better place because you're in it? And so, because that's one of my go-to questions that I pose to individuals. Uh, what, what it, essentially what it's saying is like, are you intentional about? Your existence? Are you intentional about making a difference? Is it, you know, what do you feel you were meant to be here for? Right. And so I talk often about obedience, but it wasn't until I read this particular passage out of this book that it made me real, made me even consider the fact that living your purpose may be considered a privilege. Okay. And so the part of this passage that really stood out for me was the point where Michelle Obama says fulfillment, I'm sure struck her as a rich person's conceit, right? So she said, and thinking about her mom and all the sacrifices her parents made for her and her brother growing up um, so that they could always be 100% provided for, she's, she's sure that her mom even never considered fulfillment or happiness on, on their to-do list or something to acquire. It was just all about buckling down and doing what needed to be done for the family regardless of how it made you feel, regardless of your own, you know, personal needs, you know, coming uh, up or being put on the back burner. But even so much to say that fulfillment is a rich person's conceit, right? It you only get to be Um, fulfilled if you have means to do so, right? And even then, it's kind of in some way involving your ego is what I took from that. And then the other thing that I took from this was the very last sentence, which is very clear when mom says, I say make the money first and worry about your happiness later, right? And mom is saying, listen, make sure you have a roof over your head, you're financially secure, and then you begin to worry about, you know, fulfillment and happiness, right? And so one of the things that has been a consistent theme throughout this obedience podcast is me constantly driving home the idea that we should be going after and you know, living on purpose, right? We should be living on purpose. And, but some may think, well, that's not available to me. That's not available to a lot of us, Lisa, right? And I apologize if I've never even considered that, right? Now, I've never encouraged people to make Take risks that would make them, you know, vulnerable to, you know, financial collapse or, you know, losing their marriage or their relationships. And I've always tried to institute uh, tips where you can gradually work toward living on purpose rather than say just, you know, take a leap of faith or, you know, quit your job or leave that marriage or, you know, whatever. Absolutely not. Nothing too extreme. We want to work within your, you know, boundaries for risk. However, um, I've always preached to the pursuit of that absolutely no matter what. And so one of the things uh, that I should warn you about in this episode is that this episode is going to produce more questions than answers, okay? As I was making notes for, you know, this episode is is happiness a privilege, is fulfillment a privilege. I was kind of, I was like, okay, I want to leave you all with, uh, some ways you can begin to question this in your own life and, and for yourself, if you are living on purpose and if you aren't living on purpose. And in doing that, I wrote down some things to consider, um, That and, and but they're all questions. They're all questions. So I have like four questions for individuals who are living on purpose, and I have uh, five questions for individuals who aren't living on purpose. And so these are meant to be a catalyst, right, right? for some serious ponderance in your life, for yourself, for others you love. Um, so the purpose of this as, uh, episode is to demystify happiness and f- fulfillment. I really want to demystify. If you're one of those people who truly believes that that's, it's a privilege to be fulfilled in your life and be pr- fulfilled in your career, and it's a, it's a privilege to be happy, uh, then I think... it hopefully you take something away from this episode that will maybe help to reconstruct that narrative for you. Okay. Um, When I was thinking about my own life, I was thinking about, you know, the steps that I went through to get to where I am today. And I was considering, I often, often, and I don't make it a secret. I often talk about how much I love my work. Right. I think I've told three people that this week alone. No joke. Like how much I absolutely love my work. Number one, um, because it sometimes creates a hindrance in relationships in my life with people, friends, family. It doesn't matter. Romantic. It doesn't matter Um, because I work so much. I work a lot. And so one of the conversations or understandings that I have to have with individuals is that, listen, I work a lot. However, you know, I can make room for this, right? I can make room for you. I can make room for us. You know, whether, it, like I said, friends, family, colleagues, it doesn't matter. But because I work so much and it's glaringly obvious because I have a work that's somewhat public, somewhat puts me in a spotlight from time to time. So it's glaringly obvious how much I work. And so oftentimes people will come into my life and instantly begin to question whether or not I have time for what they are bringing to the table. And you know, my time is allocated based on my my preference, right? You know, I work for myself and I do have work and job demands. And, and I love, I absolutely love what I do. Uh, but I try and reassure people that, you know, I still carve out space for those things that are important to me, just like anyone else does. Um, but I absolutely love my work. And one of the things that I've recently told that I've told a couple of clients, actually a couple of business coaching clients is who are also working, um, you know, living their purpose and, and living on purpose is how much of a privilege a privilege it is to do so. Now I've actually used that terminology myself, right? Not necessarily thinking um in the context in which Michelle Obama was speaking in this book. So I've told, you know, some clients, you know, what a privilege it is that you at your young age have discovered not only what you love to do, what you're meant to do, but you're also pursuing it. Because some people have discovered they know their meaning, they know their, their calling, they know what they're phenomenal at, they know their gifts and talents. However, they are still not operating in them. And so to know them and to operate them, especially, you know, the younger you are, meaning the less amount of years you, you waste doing something else that in my mind is a privilege. however, when I speak that way, I'm usually talking about um, it's a privilege for you because most people and here's what I'm thinking I, I, I usually think most people because they most people have the option to live that way and are choosing not to. So when I tell somebody what a privilege it is that you're living on purpose and you're so fulfilled in your career, I'm basically saying you've made the choice to do what fills you up and brings you fulfillment, um, whereby implying that other other people have not made that choice, right? And now I am sounding a little elitist, right? Because I'm saying, hey, this person X knows what they're meant to do, knows what, you know, what what brings them more joy. And for whatever reason, they're not pursuing it, right? But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe person X, Right. Never even consider gifts, talent, purpose, knowledge, skills and abilities, you know, um, obedience and, and happiness and fulfillment. Maybe person X had to simply focus on surviving. Maybe purpose, you know, person X was new all along what they were going to go to school for not because they loved it but because it's what ran in their family right maybe they they never had a choice in the matter to be a, a doctor or or a lawyer right maybe person x you know what thought thought like Michelle Obama's mom make your money first and worry about happiness later or maybe person x thought listen maybe I can work this career or this job that pays the bills or checks these boxes right makes me look good on paper or gives me the the power the prestige that i need and maybe i can overcompensate in other areas of my life and pull joy from those areas and go ahead to make up for the joy i'm not pulling from this area right i don't know but the point is when i applaud people for living on purpose is often under the assumption that other people are not executing and they totally have the option to do so. So now I want to reframe that a little bit. Um, And, you know, say, is this happiness? Is this fulfillment a privilege? And so I want to I want to go over some things I've identified because in being one of those people who are complete, who is completely fulfilled and completely happy uh, with my life overall, not just in one area of my life. I'm really fulfilled in my career. I'm really fulfilled in my friendships. I'm really fulfilled in my familial relationships. I'm really fulfilled. um, You know, in my romantic life, I'm really fulfilled. I don't feel empty anywhere. I don't feel empty anywhere. I feel financially, I'm health wise, like you name it, financial, health, personal development, professional, I, across the board, I'm I'm, I'm pretty fulfilled, right? Um, and I, I do the work and I'm proud of doing the work. Therefore, I'm proud to say I'm fulfilled and I'm happy. And so to think that, you know, this existence could be a potential privilege is um, almost almost I feel horrible like I feel bad to think that this can be an elitist thing right you know for for Michelle Obama to suggest that fulfillment could be a rich person's conceit was quite interesting to me okay so How can we demystify this? And I want to pose again, I want to pose some questions. So this episode, again, more questions than answers, but I'm going to go over the things that those of us who have quote unquote arrived to this place of fulfillment or happiness, which we know is not a destination. It's an ongoing practice. So we never truly arrive. Uh, We may, you know, uh, begin to feel uh, uh, fulfilled and happy, but then we got to continue to do the work to stay in that place. Right. Um, So it doesn't unravel. And so for those of us who have, I have four questions, okay? And I'm, for some of them, I'm going to tell you how I've done it, okay? So let's get started. So <clears throat> here's what I'm proposing are the responsibilities, keyword responsibility. That's a big word. These are not suggestions. Um, these are not recommendations. These are responsibilities for those of us who have arrived to a place of fulfillment and happiness in our lives, Okay. Um, and, and mostly I'm usually talking about, you know, career here. And so this this, this podcast, this obedience podcast always has a, a slight slant towards career, right? I've been talking mostly about living on purpose with regards to gifts, talents, and things like that from a professional standpoint. But you can also take this in, in any other context of fulfillment in any other area of the life. But the examples or questions I'm about to pose have a slight slant towards career because it's what we spend most of our lives doing it's where we most of us spend most of our time is it's working a job or working for ourselves whatever working right um and so just wanted to preface that with this is going to be have a slight slant towards career okay so again these are the responsibilities in my opinion for those of us who have arrived at a place of fulfillment and happiness i.e are living on purpose And so the, the mission here is to say, how can you make sure in your work, you're demystifying happiness and privilege, happiness, excuse me, happiness and fulfillment for someone else. Okay. So here are my suggestions. Number one, does your work have a built in avenue for you to peddle purpose? Does your work have a built-in avenue for you to peddle purpose, right? I'm going to give you an example of how I do this and what I mean. In my signature course, Farm to Table, which is a plant-based nutrition course, I have an entire week, week two, that's dedicated to behavior change, habit formation, neuroplasticity. We talk about how the mind works, how the brain works, Um, you know, what it takes to form new habits and to unravel old ones. Right. Because in this course, I'm teaching how to adopt a plant based diet. So in doing that, we have to have some semblance of understanding of how our brain works, like what, how these neural connections work together to form habits, to break habits, to learn new material, um, and all of those things. So I teach that. Right. And then throughout the course, I often reference things about personal development, right? I often reference about, for example, in when we talk about addiction to SOS, salt, oils, and sugar, I often talk about one of the ways I was able to get over my addiction to sugar is because I was able to discover what I was meant to do in life. Because part of, you know, the reason that addiction exists sometimes is because most of us are trying to feel a hole or a space in our life that's empty because we're unfulfilled in a certain area. And so we're turning to substances, in this case food, more specifically sugar, to fulfill that emptiness we feel. Right, to to quell that un, that unrest or that angst or that anxiety about not living on purpose that's sometimes part of the reason addiction exists is to create an alternate re- reality albeit temporary um, for us to feel some semblance of joy and fulfillment okay so when I'm talking about, how much I love being on the stage and speaking, how much I love teaching, how much I love creating content centered around health and wellness. I'm, I'm educating on getting over addiction, but the secondhand lesson there is all about living on purpose. And so when I go through that lecture, that lesson, and I'm giving that lecture, people are hearing, wow, wow. because I, you know, it may not be pursuing the thing that I said I've always wanted to pursue or going after the thing, you know, I've always wanted to go after. Could that truly be part of the reason I've not been able to truly master my nutrition or my weight or get off these chronic conditions, like making the connection between living on purpose and our dietary patterns, right? So again, does your work, have a built-in avenue for you to pedal purpose. If you again, these four these first four tips are for those of you who are already living on purpose, okay? These are not for you for those who are not. I'm getting to that in a minute. So, if you're already living on purpose, whether it be, you know, working a job, working for a company, or working for yourself, how do you how do you pedal purpose? How do you in your work display intentionally you know, the fact that you're living on purpose and how do you ensure um, that you're bringing that up in some type of way in the work that you do, right? Because if you're some type of coach or something like that, you have an avenue to kind of build that into your rhetoric because it's all of our responsibilities to lift one another up, okay? And so by using my platform, now people take farm to table because they want to learn about plant-based nutrition, they have absolutely no idea when they get in the course that I'm going to take up some time, that I dedicate some real estate to talk about purpose. See what I'm saying? Because they don't even realize that their eating habits or their their patterns in their health historically may have been tied to them not living on purpose. Make sense? So that's one avenue that you can peddle purpose, right? Is through the work that you do every single day. So think creatively about how you can build that in there. The next responsibility, number two, the responsibility for those of us who are already living on purpose is this. Can you or do you volunteer your time as a mentor for people who may want to be in your field? Or can you or do you offer something like internships for people to shadow you? So for example, if you're, uh, there, no matter what career is out there, there's somebody who wants to do it, which means there's somebody who will benefit from shadowing you or being mentored by you or having an internship with you where they can see firsthand what this work truly looks like. Right. They can really get behind the scenes and see what the work truly looks like so that they can be reassured that this is what they really want to do and now they can pursue it because now you're a superstar to them, right? Um, Or they can readjust because maybe we can stop somebody from not living on purpose in their tracks. Like if they are able, I'm sure all of us have had experiences at maybe one point or another or we got a chance to go behind the scenes on something we thought we really would love or that we really wanted to do and was like, oh no, this ain't it. (laughs) Right, this turns out this ain't it. But if it wasn't for having that experience as a mentee or shadowing or an internship, you would have been like you would have messed around and pursued that whole career in journalism, not realizing you hated it to death. You would have pursued that whole career in law or medicine, not realizing you hated it to death. And then once you invest so much time and money into learning something, you almost feel obligated to see it through and, and work in it. So If you are living on purpose, you are already at a place of fulfillment and happiness, the number two responsibility is, are you a mentor or do you offer some type of internship or something where individuals have the opportunity to latch on to you, your company, your position, whatever you have to offer and truly get an idea of what this thing looks like? That's our responsibility, right? And so I had a a young woman email me, who I came to one of my nutrition class with her parents. And she's young, you know, like 20, 21. And she emailed me and said, do you mentor people? You know? And I said, absolutely. And she's like, great. I would love to be your mentee. I, I'm, I'm going to school to be a nurse, but I'm interested in um, you know, teaching nutrition science. Like I want to integrate plant-based nutrition into the nursing field. Like I want to bring that to medicine and I kind of want to do what you do. Right. I said, Oh my God, absolutely. Right. Let's meet. I'll, you know, teach you the business. I'll, you know, see whatever you want to know, whatever you want to do. Let's make sure you get exposed to teaching this plant-based nutrition so you can be sure you want to do it. Okay. So that was my way of, because I'm living on purpose making sure I expose somebody else to what they think, you know, to, to, to what I do. Um, And another example of that is I have a business client who saw me again, speaking one day, I was speaking at a a big conference in downtown Detroit and she came up to me and said, you know, I love what you do. Where did you get certified? Where, you know, where did you get certified in plant-based nutrition? That's what I want to pursue. And, you know, she ended up going, did exactly what I did, went and got certified, all of that stuff. And then she ended up circling back around to me and saying, you know, do you coach people in building their business? Right. So I said, absolutely, let's do it. So I took her on as a a business client and and, and she's still a business client today. And I coach her in her um, business of building, you know, a health and wellness center business, health and wellness center company. And we've discovered since working together that she does not enjoy nutrition science. It is not her wheelhouse. It doesn't spark joy for her. Right. But if I had been, you know, disobedient and not, you know, first of all, responded to her when she very first emailed me well over a year ago asking about, you know, my credentials, my background, looking for some guidance. If I had been disobedient and not responded to that, if I had been disobedient to my calling to you know coach in business, um, and if I had not been tuned in enough to listening to her as we're talking through her her company and hearing that this ain't what you want to do, right? Then she could have just continued on that path because she had she's invested in the in the credential. You know she's you know lives the life, and so she felt like maybe it's something she should have been teaching and promoting, but it turns out it's not but it was my responsibility as somebody who's living on purpose to be able to expose somebody else to this thing and see if it's something they really wanted to do. Okay. Third question for those of us who are living on purpose. Okay. As a parent, aunt, uncle, cousin, grandparent, are you stifling exploration and or exposure exposure or are you encouraging it? again, as a person who's living on purpose, as a parent, aunt, uncle, cousin, grandparent, right? Somebody with young people in your life. All right. Are you stifling exploration and exposure or are you encouraging it? It is so important that we make sure and we're intentional Just as intentional about making sure, you know, the young people in our life get an education and go to school and stay off drugs and, you know, run with the, you know, right crowds. It's just as important that we make sure that they get to explore the world and they are exposed to the world so that they can have a better idea, a better, better vantage point at all of the opportunities that are available to them. So... You know, I have a couple of good friends who are parents, phenomenal parents, and their kids are, you know, teenagers, and they always have them in some activities, right? It can be dance. It can be martial arts. It can be a science club. um, It can be Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. It can be, you know, uh, learning a new language. um, It can be some type of, like, debutante organization. It can be a sorority for teens. But... I have people in my life and I watch them parent. I play I pay close attention because when I have a kid, I'm going to model a lot of their behaviors and I pay attention and I watch them make sure they expose their children to the world in ways outside of traditional classroom, right? They're traveling. You know I have a good friend Her and her family, they go on so many trips each year. They're always somewhere. We're in Australia. We're in South Africa. We're in Iceland. They're exposing their children to so many things to make sure that their children don't have a limited view, limited view of what's available to them in the world. So as you, you as a person who's living on purpose, are you doing the same thing for people in your life? If you're not a parent and maybe you're not directly responsible, you know, or completely responsible, should I say, for the upbringing of this child, But are you going out of your way to say, you know, if their parent isn't somebody who's living on purpose or their parent is somebody who, you know, has to do what they have to do, kind of like Michelle Obama's mom to, you know, make the ends meet and make sure food is on the table and that can't, that isn't necessary exposure Uh, isn't necessarily at the top of their to-do list. Maybe you as the aunt, uncle, cousin, or grandparent or godparent can come in and say, you know, let me take Lisa to, you know, see this live show on Broadway. She's a dancer. She wants to dance. Has she ever seen... Would a prof- somebody who lives professionally as a ballerina or a modern dancer, can she has she ever even been to a live show? Like to make sure that's what he or she wants to do. Like, how do you expose people in your life to things so that they can start at a younger age building a life that will be lived on purpose? Okay. So are you encouraging exploration and exposure? Okay. Number four. Finally, the final question I have for those of us who are living in on purpose—again, we're demystifying happiness and fulfillment here. Okay, have you personally—you're living on purpose, so you're, you've already arrived, you're happy and fulfilled. Okay, have you went public about your happiness and your satisfaction, or are you ashamed, or do you have survivor's remorse or guilt? Right. And because you have survivor's remorse or guilt, you stifle, you stifle your happiness. Right. Um, The world needs to see more of us living on purpose. Why? Because we're outnumbered. (laughs) Okay, so the, 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 the amount of us, the amount of people in the world who are dissatisfied with their career, who are dissatisfied with their life, dissatisfied with kind of like the day to day operations of their life. Those people outnumber those of us who are truly fulfilled and happy, and living on purpose. Which means, if you are a person who have arrived to that place, that 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 place of happiness and fulfillment, it is now your responsibility to ensure you've went public with that joy. Now, this could be tough because this is this is um may take a lot of self development, may take a lot of personal development and self enhancement work because you may be best friends or in a marriage with somebody who is not there, who would, you know, with somebody who hasn't, doesn't know what it's like to do, you know, what you love and to spark joy out of your daily life. And so sometimes we feel guilt. Sometimes again, we feel survivor's remorse. And so if you're that person, you have to do the work to get out, of that place where you're privately or you have closeted joy, <laughs> right? You have closeted happiness. You have to get out of that place and you have to go public with it because when you do, when you do, then that best friend, that cousin, that mom, that dad, whatever can latch onto you, right? And use that energy to motivate and inspire them to begin to do the work to get unstuck. But if you're privately happy, I remember when um, I remember a couple months ago, this is before the pandemic and before the the shutdown order happened, um, a girl posted, me and my my best friend was talking and she was telling me about a girl who posted on Facebook about um, her job laying people off. I think she worked at a plant or something like that. And, you know, due to whatever reason, the plant had to lay a bunch of people off and they were, they were off for X amount of weeks or months. Right. And she said, the girl said, I am so happy to be laid off. Like I am so, I'm so excited. Like I can do so much things with so much with this time or whatever, but I'm ashamed to say it. Because so many people are not happy about being laid off, and so it, it doesn't feel right to publicly say that I'm so happy about being laid off, right? And so imagine how often that happens, right? This might be considered even disenfranchised joy, disenfranchised happiness. Right. So do you have disenfranchised happiness? Do you feel some level of guilt about, you know, being in a happy marriage, being debt free, being financially free, you know, um, being fully fulfilled? Do you feel guilt about, you know, absolutely loving your body and being proud of the body you built? And so you don't try to flaunt it. Right. You you, you don't don't post your workouts. You don't post how happy you are about your health or reversing your deeds because so many people feel the opposite. You have to stop that. You have to go public with your joy. You have to go public with the fact you're living on purpose. You have to go public with the fact that you are fulfilled and happy because more of us need to see that that exists and more of us need to understand that that is something to strive for. Most of us, most people are under the belief that you are supposed to hate your job. Like you're seriously supposed to. Um, not, you know, to, to, to hate Mondays and to dread Fridays. I mean, just the opposite, you know, I mean, to love Fridays and to dread Mondays, right? Like everybody's like, it's the start of the week. Oh my God, here we go with another one. I got to go into the job and deal with these people and deal with this boss. Oh my God. And because that's the Reddit rhetoric, because that's the storyline for so many people, nobody bats an eye right? But if you love Mondays, if you hop out of bed, I can't wait to be productive. I can't wait to do what I do. If you work uh, sometimes seven days a week like me, right? And because you love it, like it's nothing wrong with that either. And you need to go public. Okay. Okay. So those are the four questions slash tips, um, slash responsibilities for those of us who are living it on purpose. Now I'm gonna go into the five questions for those of us who are not living on purpose, right? And some of these are gonna mirror a little bit the previous uh, recommendations because or responsibilities um, and you'll you'll hear why, okay? So for those of you who have not worked, reached a place of complete fulfillment and happiness in your life, here are some questions I'm posing to you to help you get there because I refuse to believe that happiness and fulfillment is a privilege that all of us cannot enjoy while it is a privilege it's not a privileges privilege that all of us cannot enjoy like white privilege is a privilege and it's also a privilege that all of us can't enjoy you just ain't white you know what i'm saying but i think happiness and fulfillment is a privilege yes but it's not one that's unavailable to some of us. It's available to all of us. And so the questions I'm about to pose um, hopefully will help you see how you can get there. Okay. Okay. So number one, not one. Okay. <laughs> number one, if you're not living on purpose, have you been honest with yourself about why you're not living on purpose? Is it really because you don't know what your purpose is? Okay. Or are you living in fear? Okay. So if it's one, if you really don't know, you know, kind of what your purpose is, what you meant to do, maybe all you know is you don't, you're not crazy about what you do or you, you don't feel, you know, completely fulfilled, but maybe you, you, that's one thing. But then you also on the flip side of that, not exactly sure where you land, then if that's the case, I will refer you to the very last episode entitled, um, it was actually entitled obedience. It was the title, uh, track of this podcast and it's all about identifying your gifts and your talents and how they intersect intersect for you to live out your purpose. Okay. So if you haven't go back and listen to that episode and do the work in that episode, but if you haven't arrived and you're not leaving out your purpose, not because you don't know what will be more fulfilling for you, but because of fear, that's a whole nother different type of work to do, right? It's not because you haven't discovered the thing, it's because you're intentionally not pursuing the thing and that's different, right? And so then we need to bring in some support. You need to be collaborating with some experts in your life to help you do the work to push through that fear, not to get over the fear, not to get rid of the fear. It's probably not going anywhere. The The, the mission and the goal is to work in spite of the fear. Okay. And so at that point, that's where we will start consider, considering bringing in, you know, experts and reinforcement, which brings me to number two, life coaching or therapy to get unstuck. Okay, so number one, if you're not living on purpose, it was is to be completely honest with yourself about why you're not. Right. Um, But then number two. Have you tapped into life coaching therapy? You know, have you tapped into some resources to help you get unstuck? I remember I hired my therapist. I talk about it often. I think it was in 2018. We had, we didn't have our first session until 2019, but I like met her on my birthday, October 30th of 2018. And we began the steps to, you know, get me signed up with her. And then we started at the top of 2019, I think, or maybe right before. Um, And she has been instrumental. She has been instrumental in my life for making sure I'm tapping into every single area in my life so I can extract joy. Because again, you might be fulfilled in your career, but maybe you're not fulfilled in your relationships. You know, maybe you're not fulfilled in your health. Right. That's that's that can be a point of contention for you. Like if your body is more of a liability than an asset, you're not living on purpose. You've got to do that work. So whatever area it is in your life that isn't being properly tapped into. Right. I need you to call in the experts. So it might be a health coach, might be a life coach, might be a career coach. It might be a business coach. It might be a therapist right? It might be a doctor. It might be a lawyer. You need to file some paperwork. Okay. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'll tell you this, we can't stay in this place of unfulfillment and unhappiness. And what we especially can't do is continue to have this area in our life. That's not where that bucket is not all the way full this half empty bucket in our life. And all, all we're doing is stuck in this, um, negative thought loop about the situation without attaching a solution to it. If you've heard me speak before, you you hear me talk about all stress is, is this negative thought loop that's playing in your mind over and over again on replay, like a broken record. Um, And we need to get out of the thought loop, exit the stage left and attach this thing to a solution. And in this case, I'm recommending that person, that expert that's going to come in and help you get unstuck. I do not recommend trying to DIY it. I can guarantee if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking about that area in your life that needs some work, maybe you've already tried a couple things and and it's not the strategy, it's the end user, which means you need to bring in somebody who can um, hold your hand through a strategy and make sure you execute at a high level. Okay, so. That is number two, therapy, life coaching experts. I don't care who they are, because you know, it it could be a financial advisor, like tap into your debt. Figure out how much you truly owe and start drilling that thing down. Set a timeline on what's going to be paid off when, like what area in your life do you need to get unstuck and then secure the expert. Okay. Number three tips for people not living on purpose. Number three, are you positioning yourself for exploration and exposure? Are you positioning yourself for exploration and exposure? You know, um, I was talking to somebody recently, and we were talking about traveling. And um, I said, do you travel? He said, no, "No, not really. And I said, okay, well, do you have a desire to? He said, no, not really. You know what I mean? And and I said, well, what do you... um, like, what, what do you want to do? Like, what's your end game? Cause you, you, he'd already told me that the job he's currently working, is not like his forever job. Right. So I said, okay, well, what would be your ideal for your forever job? Like what you went to, like, what would make you the happiness? What would bring the most joy if you were doing what? And he's like, well, I think I'm gonna go into real estate. And I said, okay. I said, um, real estate. Yeah. yeah I'm going to want to run out a condo and, um, you know, have some tenants. And I was like, okay, cool. So you want an income property? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I said, well, what makes you want to do that? He said, oh, because my mom's going to do it. You know, my mom's doing it. And so I'm just kind of doing what she does, right? And so, number one, I'm not, and I'm not saying that the only way to get exposure, is exposure and explore the world is with traveling. I'm just using this particular thing as an example. But number one, he doesn't travel, right? So he automatically doesn't really um, expose himself to other environments. Right, because traveling can be a, to the state next door. It ain't got to be far. It ain't got to be super expensive. It can be a road trip. Um, but he, but he also doesn't have a desire to. Right, so he doesn't expose himself himself um, to many other environments and ecosystems. And now, as he's talking about what he would like to do, he's just following his mom's footsteps. But he doesn't have an idea in his mind of something he's been previously exposed to that would make him really happy or that's ideal. He's just like, well, I'm doing what she did. Right. And then inevitably, this is a possibility. He's going to pass that same behavior or way of operating down to his child, his children. Right. Um, He because he doesn't uh, expose himself or explore the world much and he's just kind of. Following a blueprint that was meant for someone else, he may unintentionally encourage that same behavior in his offspring, right? And so if this sounds like you, right, I want you to begin to position yourself for exploration and exposure. This is so important. Basically, what I'm saying is do more, see more, listen to more, read more. Like everything doesn't have to cost a lot, but you have to be You have to intentionally position yourself in front of some type of content that looks different, smells different, feels different, tastes different, sounds different. Okay, so if you're like, I don't know what I want to do. This may be this may be the reason you're stuck, you know, so when next, you know, somebody wants and you can start small. Like if you have um, if you're kind of like risk adverse or you're um, exposure adverse, start small with like something like trying a new restaurant. Seriously, it can be that basic. It can be something as basic as trying a new restaurant to, you know, traveling abroad by yourself. Who knows what you're going to discover or be exposed to that will make you realize, I love this thing, right? You may go travel somewhere that's like scenically beautiful, start taking pictures and discover you freaking love photography. Who knew? Now you don't came back with a new habit, possibly a new career. But you have to position yourself for exposure and exploration, OK, you have to. Again, this could be as big as traveling to as small smallest as reading a book. OK, so figure out what you need to do to get out of your common routine. If you're just like work, cook, clean, you know, family, sleep, repeat. Right. Then we, we got to break that up. We got to break that up with some new activity and experiences. OK, so you can start figuring out what what gets your pulse going, like what does it for you. So make sure you're positioning yourself for experiences. I remember uh, I was at dinner with a friend, some friends, and one of them asked me, you know, when you moved abroad, um, she's like, I was listening to one of your recent um, podcasts or something where you were talking about you moved Moved over to Italy. And then after that, you moved to China. She was like, I I was like, whoa, she did that. She was like, and I couldn't wait to ask you what was, you know, your catalyst. No, 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 no. I remember what it was. She asked me, she said she had listened to one of my podcasts and she heard me tell the story where I quit my job. I quit my quote unquote cushy good job with the state of Michigan. I was working as a foster care worker and I quit this job you know, 401k, all of these things, you know, state of Michigan job, you know, it's a government job. It's reliable. And she said, when you said you just up and quit that job to move abroad, I was thinking, whoa, like, wow. She says, so I want to ask you, where did you get the courage to do that? Um, you know, like she said, what was your catalyst? Like, what did it for you? Like what, what made you so fed up finally that you were like, forget it. I quit. And I said, oh, nothing. Right. I said, oh, I didn't, I didn't, um, I I definitely didn't, I have a catalyst that that was like you know um, uh, uh, I'm so fed up now is the time I refuse to take another minute of this or another minute of this treatment I was like nothing I just had a desire so unfortunately I don't think my answer was satisfying you know because she wanted to hear. Breaking point, and I didn't have a breaking point, right? I've just always been drawn to experiences and exposure, but she was waiting for that permission, right? She wanted to know what was your breaking point, and I said, I didn't have a breaking point, right? And so, maybe, um, in speaking to you guys, if you're listening, maybe you're waiting for a breaking point, maybe you're waiting till it becomes too much, maybe, and maybe you're not intentionally waiting, like, it's not a conscious thing that most of us do, it's that maybe historically you've only made major moves once it was absolutely a dire situation. And now I want to encourage you to not wait until you have a breaking point, not wait until it's a dire situation, not wait until it's now or never, but actually pursue that thing on your own terms with the freedom. You know what I mean? To enter that new stage on your own terms. And so There doesn't have to be a breaking point. Begin to expose yourself to um, experiences, exploration, um, and see if you can kind of find, you know, that intersection, that sweet spot uh, between your gifts and your talents so you can begin to live on purpose. Okay, two more, two more for people who are not living on purpose. Number four is this. Check your ecosystem, okay? Check the top five people you surround yourself with. I have said on many occasions that our ecosystem I.e. the top five people we surround ourselves with um, determines everything from our beliefs to our annual income um, to, you know, our interests all the way down to our weight. Like if you look at the top five people you surround yourself with, you five individuals are going to look alike in a multitude of ways. Right. And so if you're not living on purpose, I would encourage you to look at the people you're surrounded by with are they living on purpose if not go get some friends that inspire and encourage you to be more intentional and driven what (laughs) so I'm not here telling you to get rid of anybody I'm not talking about subtraction I'm talking about addition here right because just because they're not living on purpose don't mean they don't add value in your life that's not what I'm saying at all I got friends who ain't living on purpose it's all good like they can still add a ton of value but what I'm saying is, if um, you if you strongly desire to get unstuck in a way, and you you know have now you now believe that fulfillment and happiness is not only a privilege but one that's available to you, one of the missing pieces for you could totally be your ecosystem or your, or the top five people you surround yourself with. So you know I have people in my life, you know friends, colleagues who are living happy, fulfilled on purpose. And so for that reason, um, it, it's like an anchor. It, they're like an anchor for me to stay and stick and stay, right? Like living on purpose and, and fulfilled don't mean you don't have problems. It doesn't mean you don't have, you know, moments of doubt. It doesn't mean you don't have fear. All it means is that you live living on purpose, but you're not exempt from any of those emotions and experiences. However, when you have crafted, intentionally crafted an ecosystem Um, with individuals who are also living on purpose they serve as an anchor in those moments of doubt fear you know and uncertainty so be sure that you are tapping into individuals like that you got to seek those people out like people have sought me out for that exact reason that exact reason like I'll come off a stage speaking because again speaking is my gift Communication is my is my gift and um, teaching is my purpose. And so I will be on that stage and I will be speaking and teaching. And then afterward, you know, I oftentimes get people who line up to ask me questions. And I've had people specifically say, look, I don't want to know nothing about sugar or plant based diet. I want to know how to do what you do. You are so passionate about this. She said, the conviction exudes from you. Um, and I I need to let, I need you in my life. I've had people say, I need you in my life. I don't know how, I don't know, you know, what it's going to look like, but I need you in my life. I've had men do this. I've had women do this. Many of them have turned into clients of mine. Um, but see, don't be that person, be that person that watches somebody who you, you know, you know, when you see somebody and they like doing their thing and you like, they weren't meant to do nothing else. What? They were not meant to do anything else. If you listening to them, virtually, or if you're watching them in person, find out a way to get them in your back pocket, right? And I I would recommend doing that by serving first, right? Offering value to their life, right? So don't be that somebody that comes in and wants to consume, consume, consume. um, How can you produce for them? That's one of the easier ways to get you know, in there is, you know, add value. Okay. Um, but check your ecosystem. Final, final tip for those of you who are not living on purpose. Here's the final one. Have you created a life which requires you to stay stuck? IE living above and beyond your means debt, right? Or when I say, have you created a life which requires you to stay stuck? Um, Have you overcommitted, maybe even contractually, have you overcommitted to work or projects um, or positions um, that requires you to fulfill them? Like you like, you know what? I I signed on a dotted line. I'm stuck here for the next two, three years. Right. Um, Or you signed on a dotted line and I'm in this marriage. Right. I don't care what the line look like. But have you overcommitted yourself? Right. And so now you have this obligation to perform in this area in which you have no longer a desire. Okay, that could be a reason you are not living on purpose. You have created a life that forces you to stay stuck. Right. You bought a car that was beyond your means. You bought a house that was beyond your means. You bought, you know, you know, clothes and jewelry. You got credit cards. And maybe you have to stay where you are because you will fall flat on your face because you haven't built a nest egg. Right, or you haven't, you know, done the work, and so, or maybe you've overcommitted in another area, and now you're more bound to that. It's not a matter of just pushing through fear and creating your, you know, resignation letter. It's like, look, look, I'm in contract. Like I've committed. Like I, I, I went to school for this, and this company said if I work for them for three years, they'll pay back my debt. And so, if I leave this job, I'm gonna owe all those student loans. Right. Because I thought I wanted to be a nurse. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. I thought I wanted to do this. And so now I'm kind of stuck in this for X amount of time. Right. I've overcommitted before I knew that this wasn't it. Okay, so maybe that's a reason you're not living on purpose. Um as, which is which is a little tougher than arrest, right? It's it's difficult. You may have you know positioned yourself in a role that's difficult to replace or exit from for whatever reason, right? And so going um, one of the ways we can begin to 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 undo this, you know, is you know number one going back to number two, which is. Um, pulling in the people, the experts that you need to pull in to talk through this, work through this and see if there's a way you can, you know, extract more joy out of that thing, right? Or like the financial advisor to work through the finances and see truly what your options are instead of assuming that you're stuck. Um, And another way you can, a way that you can avoid getting back in that position is never go against your gut or your instincts again, Right, because or maybe you have created a life for yourself in which you hold you're held in high regard by people around you because of the power or prestige you've accumulated, although you're dying inside a little bit every day, right? And so you have like this title, you have this role, you have this responsibility. Maybe you even started a company, and then everyone's so proud, and now you feel like you can't publicly admit. That this ain't it because you have created this, this false image of what your life looks like. Okay. And so again, in that instance, we'll need to go back to step two and start working, doing the work that it takes to, um, get that, shake that off of you. Cause that's ego. Okay. And so let's, let's, let's tap into why that, uh, ego exists whether that superiority complex exists or the inferiority complex exists. And let's start doing the work to get undone there. Okay. So those are the five tips for those of you who are not living on purpose, not living on purpose. And then the previous were the four responsibilities for those of us living on purpose. I really hope this was helpful um, because when I read that passage from Michelle Obama talking about, You know, you know, fulfillment is a rich person's conceit. I said, I'm calling BS. Right. Um, And she didn't say that person. She said maybe that's what her mom was thinking. But I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Fulfillment is available to all of us. Number one, we need to understand that it is. Right. And then we can begin to take the necessary steps and do the work to reach. And when I say reach again, I understand that happiness is not a destination, but at least to inch a little closer to it as we continue to do the life's work that's required to maintain it because it's always changing and evolving what that looks like for us. Like happiness and fulfillment at 23 looks very different at 33, very different at 43, right? Um, And so we understand that it's an evolutionary process, but listen to my voice very carefully. If you're not in a place where you're living on purpose, please know that it is available to you. And I hope something that I resonated, that I said today resonated in a way to make you feel like you can go out and pursue that thing. And when I tell you, it's never too late. It is never too late. I have a, a good friend of mine who started her, her company, her, wealth and, well, her, her health and wellness company in her 70s. She spent her whole career as an educator in the science and sciences for Michigan public schools. And then she got in her 70s and was so passionate, had been for many years passionate about health and wellness and nutrition that she started a nonprofit in her 70s. So when I and now she is just she absolutely loves the work that she does, which, by the way, extends life. I mean, I'll do another episode about the science behind happiness, um, but it extends life. Right. And so that's another reason why happiness and fulfillment, you have to understand is available to you because it's not an option. Okay? I'm not posing this as an option. I'm posing this as mandatory uh, for life expectancy. Okay, So you have to get to a place of fulfillment, it's so, so important, guys. Here's another episode. Please, with somebody, share this episode. Um, click like for me. Leave a comment and tell me that something resonate with you during this episode. Share, share, share. Take one, pass it down. Y'all know how we do. Um, and remember, this is a podcast inside the podcast. So these obedience episodes are all my solo episodes. Jay and I will be back with the original Black Health Academy podcast. Uh, We have another episode coming up next week, actually. So I look forward to um, hearing you guys' feedback. Until next time, take care, guys.